Hello and welcome to a bit of Swaz episode 4. Hello everybody, Merry Christmas to you all. Ho ho ho, Merry Christmas. Listen, let's get straight into the show. On today's agenda, of course, we've got Birmingham, a decent result, Norwich, not such a decent result. But before we get into anything, Dan, before we start talking and, and yep. seeing what's what, a big shout out to uh, Move Sounds. Last week, there was me saying Moving Sounds, and you know, Moving Sounds is an old place in Newport. It's, you, you don't want to send there. <laughs> send is it like stuff a there. hi-fi uh, shop or yeah, something? Yeah, that's right, yeah. It used to be a hi-fi shop. I used to get on my, uh, Al- <laughs> my Alpine uh, car stereo system, but long gone, mate. <laughs> so a big shout-out to Move Sounds, and a big apologies to Get on and uh, Soph. I, I think it was uh, just a Freudian slip, let's say, shall we? And um, There was, um, I took my record player got broke uh like it got moved it damaged when we moved house a couple of years ago and we took it to a, a record shop in newport up just by the station and it's still there and it's like this this old guy who's just surrounded by old equipment and he just fixed the little needle on our record player for us and i was just like amazed that those places still exist that's, that's how it used to be mate that's how it used to be but uh like i said move sounds place to be podcasting everything you need to know Get out John and Sophie, the people to be, uh, be in touch with. And also, we'll also shout out to our friends at Orchard. Always give them a big shout out. And also, uh, work in word. Or should I say work in words? <laughs> <laughs> Call us what you like, Nate. We got amazing SEO, so pe- people will find us. I've clocked off from work anyway for the year, so... Oh, well, that's all right for some, mate. Some of Don't us get in touch working. with Working Word until next year, if you could. Yeah. It'd be great. Some of us are still working. And also a big shout out to our our listeners in uh, South America and um, Spain also. So, buenos dias or buenos noches, whichever you are. Not sure right now, but... Um, yeah, we've gone global, haven't we? We've gone, we've gone go- global. Nice to hear, though. Nice to hear. You know, so what I'd say to those people listening in is, you know, get some questions in. You know, we'd like to hear from you, most certainly. Yeah, I got I got a GCSE in Spanish, so mm-hmm. feel free to send them in in Spanish and I'll translate. Yeah, I, well, there's Google no Translate. There's Google Translate as well, uh, D. No problemo. Yeah, very good. Very good. That's quite sharp for you at this hour, I have to say. I have to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So let's let's let, let's crack on. We've got a, um, a home win and a home draw, just a... Not fleet over, but we'll we'll look into it and 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 see how things went. So uh, well, home win and an away loss, Nate. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Well, let, let's start with the with a with the Birmingham game. Yeah, yeah, the home home win. I thought personally, I thought you know, excellent result, all things considered, after the uh, the defeat. So what did, what did you make of it, Dan? I thought going into the game, you expected a big performance and you expected to beat them. You know, I think the home form has has turned around and had been pretty good. You look at those big wins against Luton and and Huddersfield, but obviously we'd lost last time out to Swansea. You're thinking they're going to go out and they're going to do it because if they don't, Harris is back under pressure. Uh, And we started well, didn't we? We started how we started that Luton and Huddersfield game. We pressed high. Wilson won the ball back, sticks in Glatzel. You're thinking, has he waited too long? No, bang, cool finish. And it it went a bit downhill from there, Nate. I thought we got really, really, really sloppy. And why why do you think that was? Um, it's difficult to say. Maybe maybe it was just like 
thrown off the cobwebs a bit from the, 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 the previous result because you've got to say they were in great form, right? You know, they yeah. were in really good form up until the derby. So maybe maybe just thrown off the cobwebs and you uh, switch off a little uh, and then end up finding yourself 2-1 down. But you have to say they, they show great character. You know what I mean, Dan? They show great character to come back and actually win the game. And uh, I also noticed the change of system. Did you know yeah, that? Yeah, we love a system, we love a, a system chat, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we had it, uh, you know, last week. I love the I love the philosophy you called out last year, last week. Yeah. Uh because I didn't stop banging on about it, but um <laughs> you know, yeah, I noticed the change of system suited us well, I thought as well. And and it's I think that change of system uh with the two wide men uh, and Glatzel is probably better for Glatzel. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, well we'll, we'll... Gavin White came in, didn't he, for his first start in, I think, 10, month, 10 months or so. Um, you know, and people have been crying out for Wilson to be in the number 10 position. Um, you know, and Wilson Wilson playing off Glatzel, he, you know, he made that, he made Glatzel's goal for him, didn't he, really, Wilson there? And you're thinking... Well, he's great in that 10 position, isn't he? Yeah. That's, I, I, I like him in that 10 position. Because he he he's got a great game understanding, right? As he's shown at Premier League level, international level, he's quick. He's a great finisher, uh, and he'll work back. He, he he's not he's not the type will just stand up there, stand around. He'll fill in the the wide position. Um, if a Gavin White found himself in that ten position or whatever, so. I I I I like that. I I think if you're gonna play someone in the ten position, I think he's the ideal ten. Honestly, uh, I would I would go with like a maybe a a Hoylet on the right hand side. Yeah, okay. Because I think it would help um, Bakuna as well because he's he's getting lost a bit, Bakuna, right? And if you've got any common sense about you and you're the opposition, you'll try to expose it because he's he's often caught in between. Spaces. He doesn't know whether to go to the winger or the wing back or the inside man or drop off and be in line with his back four. You can tell he's a midfielder playing out of position. So um, I, I, I would probably keep Wilson in that 10 position more often than not. Would you? I like it. Yeah, I think bring Hoyler in, as you say. Hoyler helps with a high press as well, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, we know that he likes to get in people's faces. He's not, look, he's not the quickest winger, is he? But... He no, does affect. He does he, affect things when he's on the pitch. Yeah, right? and he works incredibly hard. That's what we've always known, right? And his experience, I think, is invaluable uh, for Bakuna, especially when yeah. you're playing out of position. You know that that's that, that's that's probably a bit of a godsend for Bakuna to have someone like Hoyler and his experience just playing in front of you. You know, you know he's going to work back. He's going to get forward. You know, he he can go inside. And uh, with the type of striker Glatzel is, he, he's probably better coming inside and, and, and playing little balls for Glatzel to make those little runs around the 18 yard box as he likes to do. So, Yeah, because I, th- I think White started well. He had a good, he was really involved in like the first 20 minutes and then he, he faded badly, I think. So, Yeah, that's probably just fitness though, mate. As you said, he hasn't played for 10 months, right? Yeah. And uh, you train every day and people think, well, you, you'll, you, you're fit, you're a footballer, you should be fit. Of course you're fit, right? But there's a there's a difference, a, a distinct difference between um, 
you know, fitness and match fitness. You know, it's it's only gained by playing games. Uh, so I can understand the way because he, he started well, like you said, uh, but then drifted out of the game a little. But still, he'll work tirelessly. That's what you know about him. You know, you know what you get in. That's that's what I like about him because I mean, a lot's been said about Murphy, but for me. You're just not sure what you're going to get with Murphy. Where I think with Hoyler and White, you kind of uh, you nailed on. And I, I thought you're going to get hard work at least, aren't you? Absolutely, you think? absolutely. So, did you notice that we, for once, we, uh, for once recently, we had a lot more possession than the opposition. Well, not a lot more, but we were up in the the mid fifties for the for the yeah. possession stakes. I think I said I think I said a couple of weeks ago, didn't I, that me and my mates Gavin Delmy, who I've got a season ticket with, we always were joking last season that we would never win a game where we have where we have more possession than a team, and um and we did on we did it in this game. Do you do you think that was something we did, Nathan, or is that just the way Birmingham play that they wanted to play on the counter? And it was it it was more about them and less about us. Yeah, I think Birmingham come to play on the counter. To be honest with you. And, um, you know, second goal especially, I think it's the lad ah. cuts in, does a Maisie off the right and cuts in. and then What a goal that was. Pings when what a strike. Uh, Sanchez, I think it was. Great goal. But, um, yeah, I think... I think are, we Birmingham, sit, are we sitting off him a bit too much there, do you think? Um, yeah, again, I thought that that goal was... Listen, from his point of view, it's a great goal, right? But from Cardiff's point of view, yeah, you'd be disappointed because I think there was two midfielders and a defender around him at the time. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you don't want to be letting people... Run. Just take him out, you know, professional foul sort of thing. Just, you know, clip his ankles or whatever. Cheeky little, cheeky yeah. little shirt pull, or, yeah. Yeah, little shoulder charge or whatever. But I think <clears throat> in those instances is where we need to be a bit, bit smarter, you know. Um, I think I, I'm not sure what goal, uh, but it was a time Marlon Pack, I think in the uh, Norwich game could have done something. I think similar. it was the Cantwell goal, yeah. Yeah, I think he could have done something similar, and you you just it, we call take taking one for the team. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, yes, or professional foul, whatever you want to call it. But um, I think yeah, I need to get a bit smarter. But it was it was nice to see that we had more possession than the opposition. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was. And and then winning the game as well. I mean, I think, you know, great character we showed, particularly then. You you kind of knew Etheridge was gonna do something, didn't you? Coming back, he's got the he's got the bloke down the other end of the field who's Yeah, you mean the same changed, changed his life. Yeah. You know, took his place, made him move. Yeah. And he you know, he'd saved a penalty the week before against Reading. My um my father in law's a Reading fan. So he was buzzing when they had Birmingham, thinking they were going to get three points at Birmingham. He said played them off the park, and Etheridge saved a pen then. Uh, we knew he had form with it for when he played for us, and you could see, you're thinking, Glatzel did that. Speaking to my dad about it, and Glatzel did this little stuttering run, didn't he? And I think, you know, he, could, he stuck it in a nice area of the goal. It, it was, was a great like save. It. it was a great save. Yeah. It was a great save. I think if he, if he, if he does a little... Uh, Penenka or you know mm. uh, a little roly side foot down the middle and and the keeper saves it then I think you can criticise the, the 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 penalty takers but you know pinging it down in the bottom corner and the keeper pulling off a worldie 
then you just have to take it on the chin and say, well, you know, sometimes they do get saved. But uh, yeah, it's a, like you say, uh, we both mentioned the word character, all right? So they we, we've had what come two one down, come back, and uh, the pick of the goals for me was Wilson's goal. I thought a lot of oh, credit what? should be given to Pack as well, Marlon Pack, because he gets Pirlo. a bit of criticism. Marlon Pirlo, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he gets a bit of criticism, <laughs> right? But it's those sorts of balls, those sorts of piercing balls that I, um, I really think, you know, Cardiff neglect almost sometimes. But I think we have, no, I don't think, we have got the players, you know, players to be able to do that. You know, so um, big shout out to Marlon because uh, yeah. great, great run and a, and, a, and a great ball. Absolutely fantastic. Wilson still, had, Wilson still had a lot to do, didn't he? So, you know, we... It, the ball was so perfect. It, it was it was just bang on one. Wilson got there just in time. He still had to he still had to you know fight the defender off. And what a what a finish! You know, Efridge is buzzing as well because he's just saved a penalty. Interesting as well that that comes after we're talking about Wilson being in te- at the number ten position. Wilson's off the right there because um, you know Mark Harris came on and I think he he made a big. A big positive difference, I think, Harris. Yeah, he's been he's been really good since coming to the frame, right? Uh, but we said last week, didn't we? What what you've got in Harris, Wilson, Ojo, uh, White? We didn't even mention. No. Um, you know, Murphy, Hoylet. You've got the ability to mix and match. <clears throat> okay, disappointing. We've lost a striker, Big Kiefer. But still, you've got those those five or six players give you a lot of options, you know. And and like you said, Wilson in that ten position, you know, because he can play wing so well, left and right, it does allow you to drift along that whole eighteen yard yeah. line, right? Uh, and you can come deep. You've shown that you can come deep into the sixth position, pick up the ball, play in that sort of triangle position, and you know. I think what we need to do in in those sorts of games is start to you know really improve our fullbacks because they're so important because you've got two holding midfielders you see you know so you've literally got a back four in place if everyone goes mm. forward but your two centre halves and two holding midfielders stay you've still got a back four really or five defenders with a goalkeeper so um, so I thought I thought overall I thought um, all things considered. I thought it was a, a, a brilliant result. And again, Morrison, you know, an, another set piece, you know. He, yeah. He's, he's got to be the most dangerous defender in the league. Yeah, when I, he's, a, he's, just a, he's just a beast, isn't he, in the other... Well, in both boxes most of the time. So he does have his lapses defensively. But, you know, I think um, we'll, we'll get on to the Norwich game. But he was it was all... That was almost our only attacking move against Norwich was... Stick it, stick it in, and hope Morrison gets his head on it. I think what a ball by Wilson, though, and you just think what a Birmingham doing, like letting, letting Morrison. Yeah. He, was, he was totally free, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, yeah. surely, surely Afridge has had a word with his defenders and said, "Boys, absolutely." The big lad with the, with the rubbish hair, like get uh, on him. Uh, <laughs> <absolutely>. <laughs> the big lad with the lockdown hair. <laughs> lockdown hair, yeah. <laughs> so. Listen, so uh, I thought it was, a, at the end of the day, I thought it was a great result, though, uh, I have to say. It was, it was like yeah, say, we needed a lot it. of character. We needed it, didn't we? Yeah, and I mean, you know, like, the, the, the sad thing is, is that the, um, 
in the background, there's this continual pressure on the manager. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone's saying, like like you just said, you know, uh, they lose the Swans, they lose the Birmingham, he's back under major pressure. All right. And and I keep thinking to myself, well, how he's got, how is he going to relieve that situation? How how, is, how does that situation, you know, what is it? Like playoffs or you're gone? Because that, I think... It's tough, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's been said sort of by um, the hierarchy. It was a similar sort of, if we're not in yeah. uh, playoffs by Christmas, I think, by January or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, which we're not going to, which I don't, you know, we've got three, we'll get, we'll get to the games coming up. Mm. It's unlikely we're going to be in the playoffs by the beginning of January. Will we be in them by the end of the January? Maybe. Yeah. I think, um, I think, you know, we spoke a lot about philosophy and identity last time. And I think the problem with Harris is nobody, he wasn't anyone's first choice. Mm. And when you get a bad result, and particularly, you know, if you lose to a team like Swansea, who've got that philosophy kind of writ large through the team, it doesn't become just about a bad result, does it? It becomes about, you almost want to rip everything up and think, it's, we haven't just lost 90 minutes here. We've been shown to be, um, you know, years off it in terms of forward thinking, you know, being a forward thinking football club. And does Harris represent somebody who can, who can take the team into the, into the, you know, it seems silly to say the modern era when we're going into 2021, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So I think he's always got that on his back as well. It's never just a a run, a run of bad results. And we're not in a run of bad results. Okay. We, we've lost twice against the team. Two of seven. We're in a run of good results, really. Absolutely. We're in a run of definitely playoff form. Mm. You know, if not well, top two form, well, really. Three points off it now, I think. I think three points off the playoffs, something like I think that. So yeah. So you know, it, and you go back probably seven or eight games ago, and we were, I'm sure, it was it was starting to get the like seven, eight points gap, and it was a case of I was thinking we're gonna have to go on a a sort of five or six game winning streak here. To try and we are four points off now, Nath. Four okay. points off. Okay. Four points behind Middlesbrough. That's you know that's not too bad, is it? Yeah, Middlesbrough. Warnock, eh? <laughs> Doing it again. <laughs> Doing it again. So Dan, let's let's move on a little. And uh, you got any? Um, I believe you got some fans. Uh, yeah, we got engagement some engagement and some fans. Yeah, yeah, questions. yeah. Look, it's it's been. There's no denying it's been a it's been a tough year, hasn't it? And it's been. A bit of a tough week in what's been a, <laughs> you know, a, a year of tough weeks, really. You know, everyone's Christmas plans have just been thrown out the window. And I think, you know, one thing my old man said to me was, you know, whatever whatever else is going on in your life, you can always go down the city on the Saturday and just forget about it. Yeah. And watch the team play and get away from it all. And football is, you know, football could be a great escape for for fans and for you know people who are listening, I think might identify with that. Now, look, we can't go to the game on Boxing Day, which is just a big, big Christmas tradition. I la- I sent you a picture, didn't I, in- last week? That yeah. last Boxing Day, I took my daughter to her first ever game. She was only about fourteen months. Um, we sat her in the family stand. I got brilliant, you know, memories now and pictures of her watching the game. She went. Aidan Flint scored. She screamed. Uh, not in a good way. She didn't like it. She too much noise. Too much noise. Um, covering her too ears. much noise. You know, and and 
parents and families come together at these games it's always a big it's always a big crowd isn't it so we we had a little um we had a little ask for some boxing day memories from some fans and um you know ones god ones that i remember like i say the, the last year's one particularly because i'm taking my daughter but i remember an away day at norwich where federici the keeper scored in about the 98th minute remember going to plymouth and all kinds of places. Feels like we never do that well on on Boxing Day. No, uh, Chris, oh, Christmas period was always a a bit of a bad one. Yeah, yeah. Boxing Day and New Year's Day. I've got some. I'm sure it was Maidstone a a, a New Year's Day. I think it was five. Yeah, I think it might have been New Year's Day. day. Uh, was um in that in that promotion season? I might have got this wrong, but was was the York City game a Boxing Day game? You know that three all game where. Did we go 3 0 up and then they came back? To oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, you've got a better memory of me, I swear to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, that was Boxing Day. Andy Andy Gorman scored a, like a flying header, I remember. Yeah. And we were 3 0 up. And... Andy Gorman. Yeah, what? Right Andy back. Gorman. Yeah. You saw the curtains yeah, did... with the uh, curly wig yeah. and all that. Good luck. He looked Andy. like he was in like in spiral carpets or <laughs> happy men. <laughs> Happy Mondays or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good lad, though. Good player, too. Good player. What's it like? Because, um, you know, we're talking of everyone's having these, trying to work out where they're going for Christmas Day now or most people will be staying home. But I suppose you're, as a player, you're used to not seeing all of your family at Christmas because you, what's it like? Are you, you training? Are you? Yeah, well, I, I mean, it might be slightly different this year because of um, COVID, obviously, but... The usual gig is when I when I was playing, um, you'd be asked, "Do you want to train uh, Christmas morning or <laughs> Christmas Day evening?" Which would you know, we get a choice. So most of the lads would say, "We'll go in the evening because it gets we get to open our presents yeah. uh, with the kids and what have you, um, and then have a a dinner." But you didn't have a proper dinner, you know. You just you didn't, or you might have might have had a proper dinner, but not eaten anything else. So you don't wake up and have the old sausage sarnies and you know, <laughs> no bacon, bacon sandwiches. sandwiches and all that. You know, and all that used to go out the window um, over the. So Christmas you're having period. you're having like rice krispies on Christmas morning. Well, you have yeah, you have your cereals, mate. I was never a big eater before training or, or games anyway. So you'd have your uh, you'd have your light rice krispies, cornflakes, whatever. And um, maybe a bit of toast, and then you'd be training in the evening. So you probably, you know, your dinner would be, you know, you know child side sort of thing. Uh, you'd enjoy have a lounge about with the kids, enjoy new presents, what have you, and then, and then off to work, mate. Uh, and sometimes, you know, that off to work was you you're going in for like maybe one o'clock, doing a light hour session, and then getting on the coach. Uh, for three o'clock, the travel to your away game. So, um, for Boxing Day. So it, it's it's a it's a it's a strange period in the beginning, right? Yeah. Because in the beginning, like when I'm nineteen, twenty, a card if I don't have any kids or anything like that. Uh, and then when you start again, your mid twenties and whatever, and you start to have a family and things like that, it changes again. So uh, it it is a strange period. It's you you kind of your body clock and everything just goes out of sync which it does christmas time anyway right people always go on the 29th yeah what day is it yeah what day is it, yeah, yeah. Day is it? <laughs> you know what i mean i don't know why but it always happens but for a footballer you're just thinking 
uh, game, 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 right? That's all you're thinking, you know, and trying to get your head around playing so many games in such a uh, a short period. So um, different though. We've got a little question in from Gary Haynes asking, Did can you remember any managers who would have given you stricter rules at Christmas or any that would have said like, you know, stick an extra roasty on or... It's all right to have a drink today, boys. Uh, well, it, it's it's funny because I would say um, Colin Todd at Bolton was where it really the discipline really kicked in. Um, don't get me wrong, Harry Bassett at Sheffield United, you know, he was he was he wasn't a disciplinarian or anything like that. Obviously, coming from a crazy gang, but yeah. um, he, he 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 gave you a bit more leeway. You know what I mean? The, the the senior players like Glenn Hodges and, and, and people like that and Brian Gale, they had a, a bit more leeway, which meant you had a bit more leeway. But you couldn't go out or anything like that. You couldn't go drinking or anything like that. You just, you know, just as youngsters, you might go shopping or something like that when they might say, oh, you should be home with your feet up sort of thing. So it was, uh, it, it, it was different times, but Colin Todd was probably... Yeah, the most uh, disciplined when it came to that manager I played under, uh, and it was obvious reasons. We were, you know, when when I joined, we were in a relegation battle, and then the following season we were uh, going for promotion. So, um, yeah, I would say Toddy was probably uh, the one person who who you couldn't, and he was like a bear as well. It's like a bear. <laughs> he was an angry, aggressive man. Not all the time. Lovely guy. Cool. Like, I, I love him still. He's one of the best managers, if not the best manager I've played under. But, um, you know, proper, proper. And, and I'm the type of person who needed that. I needed that strict sort yeah. of fatherly figure. Uh, and he was fatherly figure. He wasn't like a bully. He wasn't like, you know, done your head in or anything like that. You knew what he was saying was because he was... For the best, like you know, yeah, and he, um, I think he had a, a decent career as a player himself. <laughs> Not half. I mean, I think, uh, I think it's Kenny Dalglish who, who cites him in his book as being the hardest defender he ever played against. And uh, really, yeah, trust me, mate. He still joined in at training, and he was he was almost he's probably almost sixty then. Uh, he had yeah, dodgy knees, you know, bow legs, strong as an ox, like organization skills unbelievable it was like he, he was brilliant one touch two touch in training uh yeah you see great man great man great man nice thanks for that gary good good question there. yeah so great question we got a, guys we got a few um yeah just a few boxing day memories from fans i'll just i'll just wing through so um we got liam who for some reason remembers ricky otto scoring for birmingham to beat us one nil around christmas 1994 let yeah, it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. Liam, it's thirty odd years ago now. <laughs> let it go, Lee. <laughs> I do, I do remember that though, because I, I, I would have been bored boy that day. Um, so yeah, Mark Finlayson's remembering Luton away in the o two o three season, and him and some mates getting picked up early and picking up another mate at High Cross roundabout and having a few drinks before the sun came up. City lost, obviously, but. You know those those away days on the on a on a bus, and we'll go into this in in other pods. But you just have a great day with some some good some good blokes and some good girls. 
So, 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 well, tell me then. Tell me. You, you give me the uh, the Boxing Day experience from Christmas Day. What do you do? The anticipation build from yeah, Christmas Day. You kind of like you know, Christmas Day gets a bit boring. Can't before the storm. Yeah, it gets a bit boring, doesn't it? To be honest, like <laughs> once you've got your presents, you've opened, you've opened all your presents. You wait. You're just waiting for your dinner, then, aren't you? And then, then you're like you sat around with your nan, you know, which is which is lovely. Don't get me wrong, but you do. You run out of conversation. Uh, so then you're thinking, ah, oh, tomorrow. And always, I think as a kid, I'd always go out on Christmas Eve. So you tend to be hungover. Your sister's hungover. You're just like, I wouldn't, yeah, I would never really have much of a drink on Christmas Day because you've gone out Christmas Eve. And then you think by the end of the day, you're thinking, ah, oh, where are we going tomorrow? You know, and you're happy if it's a home game or an away game. And I don't know, away game, you might be, Oh, you could be getting on a bus at half seven in the morning, seven in the morning, eight in the morning, and then the bus is just buzzing. Everyone's got their Christmas jumpers on. Someone's got a bit of tinsel around their head. The Christmas sweets are being passed around, and everyone's just buzzing to see everyone at a happy time of year. The tunes are going. You know, you a lot of loads singing. of singing. You, I, we'd always say like, depending on how early it is or how hungover you are, like. We'll wait for the bridge for the first beer. We won't have the first beer until we get to the bridge. But everyone around you has already cracked open a can at, you know, like I say, half seven, eight in the morning. You just have you just have a good laugh. Like that 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 moment, the time before the game is always the best time, I think. Because, you know, yeah, it's great to have a chat at half time with your mates, but you're in it then. You're probably one nil down or you're one nil up and it's good to catch up. You've only got ten minutes or so. Those hours before the game, anything could happen, couldn't it? You could win 4-0 and it's, you know, you're not just like, you're not just there talking about tactics. You're there just catching up with people, having a laugh and... Singing what, jingle bells, mate, when City singing, run away. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's what I used to remember, that song. I always yeah. remember that. Jingle bells, yeah. jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to see City. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There we go. Sorry about that, listeners. Yeah, we... Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Tim, Tim Wagoner remembers beating Palace in the promotion season on Boxing Day and Super Kev McNaughton shackling Zaha that day. And Zaha was in, you know, real form because Palace went up, obviously, that season as well. And we went 2-1 and, and Gunnison scored the winner. And... Uh, David Keith Evans agreeing and saying, you know, we just thought, yeah, we can we could do it this year. Uh, Mark Blackmore didn't live in Cardiff, but just remembers tuning into Radio Wales and hearing Richard Shepherd's voice. Um, yeah, you know, and we can't be at the game this year, obviously Brentford, but um, we can still tune into Radio Wales. We can. Still watch it on the iFollow, and it won't be the same, will it? It won't be no, the same. No, I, I mean, it never you know, will. Hopefully, be. this time next year, we'll all be vaccined up. We'll all be uh, hugging we'll and kissing eyes. and having a. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all have four eyes, and uh, you know the world. The world will be a better place, but you know we can still we can still enjoy chatting about the city, and we can still watch them, can't we? Even yeah. if we can't be there, and that's that's what we need at the moment—a bit of distraction, I think. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, it's it's long overdue. I think even just getting to the point where you can get like a couple of thousand fans in, 
um, the stadium. And now with all these tears being thrown back up again, it's uh, it's just thrown everything into chaos again, isn't it? You know, yeah, and that whether they're coming or going. That leads us nicely onto the Norwich game because that was only the second game that we've had in front of fans. The first one being Watford, which watching that, you know, even just watching that on the laptop was a different experience with fans there. And it was obviously we won that game and the Watford fans are pissed off. And that was just brilliant. You know, Kiefer's cupping his hand to his ear in front of their fans. And, yeah. But the yeah. um, the Norwich fans were a bit happier on Saturday, weren't they? Listen, it's a tough... Uh, yeah, listen, Norwich is a... Make no bones about it. Norwich is a tough place to go. I remember religiously playing there myself. Um, people get an idea that... Uh, Oh, Norwich, uh, lovely yellow kit and nice people. You know, listen, I'm sure they're nice, but when they get in that stadium, they can cause a, a bit of an atmosphere and it, it's a very, very tricky place to go. So um, I don't think I was expecting us to uh, win there, uh, not by any stretch, but I thought maybe, you know, um, we'd do better than what we did, if I'm, if I'm totally honest. With the form we've been in, take away the Swansea result, um, I thought we'd go there and, 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 and give it a go, but I felt we went back into that sort of shell, sort of state, deep defensive block, uh, break us down, and given a team who, who rely on possession, all the possession they need. I think we had like 35, 38% possession in that game. So, um, And we spoke about the, 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 the importance of possession earlier, and I mean, because stats can tell uh, a thousand truths or a thousand lies, I always say that. But I always say possession is nine times to the law. If you've got the ball, the opposition, they, they can't score. But uh, Cardiff, what, going into that game, winning five out of their seven games previous, but um, just seemed um, seemed a bit soft to me. Yeah, we, um, you know, we started relatively well. And when I say we started well, I mean, we frustrated them, didn't we, for 20 minutes, 25 minutes? Yeah. And you're thinking, maybe this will be a, a really good defensive performance in that block. We'll, we'll frustrate them. The fans will get on their back. A little bit like the Watford game, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but all we really offered going forward, I thought, you know, without Kiefer being up there, look, it's going to be tough. We'll, we'll get on to this. But it's going to be tough for Glatzel to be on every minute of every game now. And until until Keith is back, he didn't have his best game because he wasn't really getting the service, and I just think all all we really offered was um, was set pieces. You know, we were just looking, we're looking for Morrison, and that's because doesn't it do your head in? It does my head in, right? I love the fact that we're strong at set pieces, but it does my head in to think that that's what you're feared for. That yeah, that alone identity, right? <laughs> The, Identity, the that's P what word, the, the P word, right? We won't go back there, yeah. but we, we ranted on about it last week. I thought, again, we changed to a 4-4-1-1 four, four, sort of thing. And Joe Rowles being that, in that 10 position, again, I thought too defensive, right? Three defensive midfielders in that, you, you know, if you're playing with a back four, all you say to your, your full backs then is sit a bit more, no problem. Don't get us forward as much as we do at home. Uh, again, Bakuna, don't let them expose you. You sit in more than uh, the left back. You you just you just sit and play like a bit more experienced winger in front of him. 
I just thought, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I heard Neil Harris's comments saying it was a game too far, and it, it might have been, it might have been, but at the same time, I just felt, you know, it, it was a bit of a game too far when you lose sort of thing, and if you yeah. had won, you know, uh, you know, we would have been wearing great form sort of thing, and the confidence is high, and Swansea was just a, a blip sort of thing, so... I was a bit disappointed, if I'm totally honest, you Dan. That um, yeah, the me performance too. I think Rawls doesn't. I think Rawls just doesn't work in that. In that, he's not. He's not a creative midfield. I've said it no. for years. It's no. It's no diss to Joe. You know, I love him as a player. I think he's a proper tiger, right? I do. I think he's a tiger. But you got to know what who's capable of what. And I looked at that starting lineup and I thought myself, if you know. Not what you're doing, but that's that you ain't got enough going forward. You, you listen, you've got to threaten the opposition <clears throat> on the attack. You can't just say, "Oh, we're we're set piece based." You know, you've got to threaten them through general play. And you've got a, what's most frustrating to me, Dan, is we got the players to do it. Right again, why play play Wilson in the ten? Right, bring Hoylett in, bring White back in, bring put. You know, young Harris, one side, and Ojo, the other. I, I, you know, you've got such a selection up there, you know, but, you know, Wilson's going to give you far more and it's going to produce far more opportunity for Glatzel and the two wingers than what Rouse is. Do you know what I mean? But you still then got the defensive. If you want to play Rouse and Pack or whoever as the two holding midfielders, you've still got the two holding midfielders. And like I said... You just say to your fullback, say to Cunningham, okay, you know, don't get as much, you're not, I'm not encouraging you to get forward as much in this game, all right? But I still need you to get forward. Uh, Bakuna, you know, you, you, you're a bit getting lost a bit and we, we don't want him to expose you. So you just sit more often than not. So we focus more of our attack middle to left, right? Because that's where the experience is. Just like Norwich would focus their attack down our right, right? Because they know Bakuna's a... a, a, a a weaker link, right? Because he's not a natural fullback. So, um, and, it, and it, there's lots of things we can improve for me. Uh, I thought, like, you know, if if you're going to play that deep defensive block, work. we need to work on our counter-attack. And when I say that, and I've said it for years, counter-attack isn't just something that you, you play during the game. You know, you set up in that defensive block in training and you train... To right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to funnel, funnel them in to our bodies and then we're going to break up play or they're going to overrun it. And then this is what's going to happen. Whoever wins it, he's going to go a pass there, a pass there. But it, it means as soon as you win it, people got to move into space. It might only be two yards you move and you play two, three, four passes and you're away. Right, now Glatzel, I expect you to make this run. Right, White, I expect you to make this run. Or Hoylet, make this run. Murphy, make that so that everyone knows they're all on the same wavelength from the counter-attack. And when we go, this is how we go, right? And Cunningham, you don't go if you can see four or five men ahead of you. You sit. But if you can see, right, there's two men on the counter-attack, I'm going to join in if I'm Cunningham, or I'm going to join in if I'm Bakuna, right? But, you know, I think, I think counter-attack is something that we can work on. And then the, the press, we, we we went away from the press altogether against Norwich. Work on the high press. You know, change it during the game. Don't just sit defensively for 90 minutes, giving possession. 
right? Start at a high tempo on a press or start at a low block. But then after 10 minutes, 15 minutes, right? Like we're gonna go, we're gonna go after them for the next 10, 15 minutes, right? So it's like phases, Dan, in what you're capable of doing. But it all takes work. It, you know, I think um and then improving your, your ball possession. Because that was something else I thought we were really poor at against Norwich. Whenever we did get into positions where you think, right, now there's a release ball or whatever, we kind of like one or two passes, then it, it seemed to break down. And I, and I think that's why as well we get so frustrated, some of our players, right? Because, you know, when you're defending so much against a team like Norwich and then all of a sudden you get the ball back, I think in our minds watching the game, it was right, we're going to go and attack. And I'm saying, well, sometimes just keep it, go back, keep it, play it around the back a bit. You know, keep the ball a bit, get a bit of possession, get a bit of confidence, you know, keep the ball. Recovery, that's the biggest thing as well. If you've got the ball, people think, oh, you know, but you're able to recover, right? Because everything's dictated by your tempo. So they're just areas where I think we can definitely improve and um, make our mind up sort of thing in the game. Whether, for me, we can't sit, you can't press for 90 minutes. Right, and you can't sit back for ninety minutes, and couldn't, and you can't say we're just going to rely on set pieces. For me, we've got to do more than that. I think the thing that frust- the thing that was frustrating as well is that Buendia and Campwell and Puki, they just looked a cut above us. They, to me, I said to you after the game, it felt like we were a lower. By the end of the game, it felt like we were a lower league team going, playing them in the cup or something. They they seemed a class above us, and you're thinking. But we've got those players as well. You know, Wilson, you know, Buendia and Campwell and Pukki, they had good seasons in the Premier League or, you know, Pukki definitely had a good start. You know, and it, there was talk of Campwell and Buendia going places. But Wilson had a good season in the Premier League last season. So what are they? What were they doing to unlock those three that, that we weren't doing, you know? And we just seemed to give Buendia and Campwell just, they had the... They had the run of Carroll Road when they scored their goals. You're thinking the midfielders weren't getting close to them. And, and Morrison and Nelson were just sat back and let, and let them shoot. And you're thinking, if we've decided this is going to be a backs-against-the-wall defensive performance, which the formation and the way we approached the game you know, with our low block initially, we, we did press a bit, I'd say, in the beginning of the second half, but that didn't last for long. Then you've got to be up in their grill. like You've got to be... You can't be letting them get shots off outside the, you know, 20, 25 yards out because they can ping them into the corners, which they did. Why are we not getting a block in them? It's just, it's just frustrating because you just felt like step up on them, block the shots because... You, well, yeah, you, you, you've nailed it, right? It, it Step on, right? Don't step back, right? It's like, you know, I always like, my analogy, I always use like boxing, so if you clock someone, they go back and then you jump on top of them again, you've got that momentum on you, right? On your side, it's because you're stepping forward. It, you know, it's really difficult to box on the back foot going backwards. It, it's a highly, it's a high level skill. And, and football's no different. You know, you, you can't, if you keep stepping back, when you want to step forward, you're half a yard short. It was similar in the Swansea game, right? It was a, it, the, the two were almost... Not identical, but so similar. The difference was the shape we played, and we put Rawls in there for that more defensive, um, 
solidity to, to solidify us more, right? But then that takes away from your attacking. You know, part of the best form of attack, uh, uh, defense is attack, right? The best form, you know, and we've got the players in Ojo. Ojo again was, you know, it it has to be it being asked to do too much work for me. So I I, I looked at it and thought, you know, I was kind of one that got away. He almost um, not gave it up, but uh, I don't know. Maybe the manager knew that they didn't have the the running in their legs. I'm trying to find reason yeah. for it. Do you know what I mean? Maybe the manager thought, looking at the stats on players' fitness and what have you, maybe he thought they didn't have it in their legs, so we're just going to sit defensively. But that, that's, I always say, I would be saying in the dressing room, like that game, right? Um, me and Neil Harris, as, as a player, we probably would have had an argument, right? Because that's what I was like as a player. When I can see, I, I'm a centre forward and I'm watching my boys get destroyed, right? When, and we are getting destroyed. Uh, not run ragged, but you can see as the game's building, we're not getting a foothold in it, and they're getting stronger. And like you say, they're playing almost at a canter. Do you know what I mean? It was it was a bit too easy. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and that was the, that's the kind of game I would have said to the gaffer in the dressing room. Listen, we need it's no good stepping back. We need to step on. We need to step forward. We need to change this. We need to when the keeper's got the ball up. Norwich end. It's no good us all being back on the halfway line. You know, step forward 25 metres, everybody. Right? Step on. We're going to, you know, our back four, right, we're going to push to five, ten yards from the halfway line. Right? And then when we can see people going on the press, we're going to step over that halfway line and really press ten yards the other side of the halfway line to press them in. We're going to give them something to think about. We're going to see, are they as good as what they've been in the first half then? Right? when there's no pressure on the ball. You know, they're not, they're, not, they're not by far the best team in the league and, ooh, we're unlucky not to get relegated. and blah, blah. They, Like you say, they're good players, but they look a cut or two above us. You know, and that was a disappointing thing for me. And I, I just thought, you know, you almost conceded it. You know, uh, and I say, right, okay, concede it, but, you know, you've done it in the last... Uh, over the last five or six games, we've had a bit of in, bit of, you know, we've had a bit of pressing, a bit of defensive block, a bit of pressing, a bit, you know, that was the game for me where you do a bit of both. Yeah, you can sit back, but after ten minutes, go and press them high, catch them off guard, don't give them time because, like you say, Wendy and Campwell just run the show, you know, and uh, thought both shots, uh, both goals, very good goals, but. From Cardiff's perspective, you, know, you, you, you could do a lot more than that, I think. So, another tough game now on Boxing Day, isn't it? You know, we're talking about Boxing Day memories and us not having the best record, perhaps, on Boxing Day. And we got Brentford to come in. You know, maybe they maybe they haven't been the Brentford of last season. You know, clearly they've lost a few players. Um, they're not running away with the league like I think they thought they would. Um, but in Ivan Tony. You know, they, I was gonna he's, say, yeah. he's smashing it, isn't he? And you just think, like, he was always going to do well in the championship. And you, they didn't spend, you know, he was a few, what was he, four million maybe? I don't know, it just frustrates you the way not picking up 
players like that. But would he have done well here? Because strikers don't seem to do that's, it. That's the point, right? <laughs> that's, that was going to be my next point, right? Dan, it, it, it's, it's, look, I, don't, I honestly don't think every striker since Chopra, you can say, and, and Bothroyd have been like oh, average strikers, average strikers. Average. Listen, I just think we've not, We've we've drifted such a, a long time. We've, it's so difficult for a striker to get twenty goals here. Yeah, you know, Keith is going to have a good go. This layoff is is not going to help the situation. But um, yeah, it's you know, buy a striker, play a certain brand of football that allows your players to maximise their abilities, and you know, you you should be able to get twenty twenty goal striker. Quite, quite comfortably because Tony he's a beast let's be fair he's, he's got a bit of everything and um, again he looks and for, and for me it's, it's not just like if you if you compare like Tony and, and Kiefer it's this their resale value as well right so Kiefer would fit into a one or two teams maybe in the Premier League maybe three or four but Tony's going to fit into mm. most right and the way he's being asked to play and learning how to play is the same with the uh, Watkins who's gone to Villa. Where they asked to play, they learn to play. You're able, it's easier to step up to that higher level. And you're also able to sell the player on for 30, 40 million quid, which is, uh, it would be great for Cardiff. So, um, you know, that's, that's going back to yeah. the keyword, which we'll not There's a few, yeah. obviously, Harris did change the defence against. Norwich, Joe Bennett had a I guess it was a rest. Um Cunningham coming in. There's you know, there's there's been a lot of calls for you know, less the defence was doing well actually over that over that run. We were in the first four games we went, the only goal we conceded was Morrison's own goal. Then obviously we conceded two against Swansea, two against Birmingham, two against Norwich. We've signed Benkovic from Leicester, who's got a pedigree. Um, doesn't seem to get a sniff. Bamba comes on when we want to shore things up. Yeah, strange, is it the... isn't it? Yeah. That's the... I'll tell you now. I, I, I'm going to go into player mode, right? I'm in the dressing room. We're training. If a manager signs a player and he doesn't play for that length of time, if the player's not carrying an injury, which you wouldn't think he is, he's on the bench, then the manager don't fancy him. Yeah. That's, that, that, that would be... Uh, the short and tall of it, right? The manager just sees him in training and thinks, nah, I just don't fancy him. But again, we always say you've got to chuck them in that deep water to see if they yeah. sink or swim. So, but it, And then also on top of that, I'd say, well, that's a strange signing to make then because surely you would have done some homework first and mm. foremost as the club, as the manager, you know what I mean? You, you would do your homework. So it, it's a... It's, it, I know a lot of fans are scratching their head about that one as yeah. well. Yeah, and and maybe maybe changing the defense for a game against Tony is water too deep for a player you don't fancy. So I'm wondering I, if I thought ben, I'm sorry, mate. I thought Benkovich, Morrison, and uh, Nelson would then give you the ability to play in a different system again. Yeah, he's just not going to sniff, is he? As you say, maybe he just doesn't fancy him. And if he doesn't fancy him, is he going to chuck him in against Ivan Tony? I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> well, if you if you wanted to go back, yeah, <laughs> if you want to drown him, if you want to sink or swim, if you want to drown him, chuck him in against the best in the league, right? Yeah, and then uh, you can say to everyone, "See, 
That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't play him because <laughs> we've lost four 0 and he's just you know he's 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 up for at he's crying. Totally. He's just crying. Yeah, yeah. Abegovic has uh, had a bit of a nightmare. But um, so I wonder. So I imagine he'll keep the defense the same. I think hmm. you know, obviously Keith is out, so you'd expect Glatzel to start. We talk a lot about these options we've got interchangeable um, up front. I'm thinking like. What is Harris is is a striker or he's b- become a striker, or forward maybe more than a striker. What does he do if Glatzel's not cutting it over the next few games? Not to say not to say he won't, but what are our other options up there? Will you he go with that can... false nine? Yeah, that's that's kind of your only option left, unless you go with like uh, Harris as a lone striker and go with uh, a speedy front three. All right, Harris down the middle, Wilson on the right, Ojo on the left, or whatever, or Hoylet on the right, and you know you've got Harris and uh, Wilson between them rotating in that nine and ten position. So listen, mate. I, I, honestly, I, I keep I keep saying it. I think I don't think we maximize our players' ability. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's I I, I get so frustrated in just hearing. And you know, watching the games on Sky and what have you, it's just like Don Don Goodman, great friend of mine, speaking. You know, knows the game inside out. But again, got to be more than just a set piece team. You know, people are saying it. You've got to be more. And I always say, right, you've got the set pieces boxed off, right? And you're the most dangerous team in the league. Imagine then, if you implemented uh, your phase one and really learned how to counter attack. Because it is a skill. And then really learned how to high press in and out of games, you know, for five minutes, ten minutes in games and what have you. Uh, and then really became, you know, a lot better possession-based in your final third or in the opposition's final third. You know, put those three things together on top of your set Champions pieces. League. Right, right? <laughs> You're then talking, you've got a serious, serious team. So, yeah, you know, I, ju- I just think... Uh, I just think there's so much room for uh, improvement, but they, they, and it sounds easy to do. It's not easy to do. It, it is difficult. I will I'll, I'll grant you that, and it's difficult at these times. But the little, you know, five percent, ten percent, but there is room. You know, people are now looking for one and two percent stand of improvement. Yeah, we've got like a, a five and ten. We can improve on different places, and if we do, you know. Forget playoffs. You're talking like you're challenging the top two. I'm wondering now, you know, because we we again we spoke about them not having much time in training because mm. it's just game two days, game two days, yeah. which you know, and let's be fair, we did relatively well in those in that in that run. There's mm. no midweek game now, so the Brentford game Boxing Day is is on a Saturday, so we've had a break from Saturday to Saturday, so maybe we've had a bit more time. In training, okay, players will have probably have Christmas Day off, as you say, maybe just one session on Christmas Day, but maybe a bit more time to work on stuff. I think, you know, Wilson did play false nine, didn't he, for Wales against Finland? Didn't Absolutely. He, you know, he, he uh, won a sending off, if you can say that. Yeah, he, he did well. Yeah. Good game understanding, really well. though. Good game understanding, right? Yeah. These players are playing and have played at a higher level than maybe the manager has dealt with. Yeah. Do you understand me? So, uh, and I don't mean no disrespect, it's not a diss or anything, but but maybe uh, the level of knowledge 
of the manager isn't what some of the players have got. Do you understand me? Or what they've been accustomed to, what, what they've played under. So I, I, I honestly think, you know, the manager can get a lot more. I, I would say it's probably a trust thing. I think he, uh, Neil Harris trusts them to do so much. But I honestly think, right, you've got a good defence. You've got, you know, Morrison, one of the best defenders, if not the, in the league. Nelson, great athlete, you know, um, need a right back, definitely, uh, to shore things up a bit. But you've got, like I keep saying, we've got the players. It's just, you know, max, maximising them. You know, Ojo's in very good form. Wilson's in very good form. Creative midfielder you need, maybe two, um, to give yourself more options. But, you know, ah, it's just frustrating for me. It, it really is. I think if you implement that counter-attack and learn how to do it properly, right, you know, and you might not have the game time, uh, the training time, but now, like you say, you've got a week off, so you can do things. And you don't do any sort of temp or anything. It's just giving people the idea of where to be and when and when to press, when to release from this man to that man, when to attach yourself to the nearest man. That's basically the counter attack and the high press, right? It's positioning, right? And then ball possession is just something you do in training every day, repeat, 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 repeat. Uh, you know, the, the, the margins that we've got a lot of room of for, to improve, but we've got the players who are better than what, in my opinion, they're better than how they're being asked to play. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Imagine how demoralising it would be to stick Wilson in a false nine and then we're just pumping balls up to him in the air. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, the, pack, the pack ball for Wilson's goal, that is something that should be quite regular in, in, in the way we play. You know what I mean? Between the lines, ball splitting pass of the defence, Wilson running on, takes a great touch, got the ability to do a bit of jazz at the end uh, and lift it over the keeper. Got that ability, right? I ask you, are there many players in that position who could have scored that goal in the championship? There's probably eight or ten. Mm. You know what I mean? And one of them's in your team. And then you've got Ojo on the other side in great form, as we're saying. So, yeah, just just, just like to see a bit more from us, uh, if I'm totally honest. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be interesting now over the Brentford, Wigan and Rotherham game, really. Because I heard Neil say on the weekend that three games coming up uh, and he expects us to get, like, I think it was nine points or you know which i think would be terrific seven points would be nice five points i think is is the worst you can go for over the next five uh three games yeah. if you're looking to get promotion i think if we depending on what happens against brentford now you've got to be winning those other two games and rotherham and wickham you know you've just got to be getting six points from those two games really haven't you if you want to do anything tough place though rotherham tough tough it's not going to be easy they can they can be they're like a Birmingham. Mm. I mean, they can be very, very good or very, very bad. You could go up there and beat them three or four nil, uh, or you could go up there and lose three or four nil. It's you know, and I, that that can be said of any game. But you know what I'm saying? There's, there's, they're not a consistent team, and that's something um, we need to improve on as well. Is our consistency? But uh, interesting hearing Neil say that you know feels confident over those next up-and-coming three games. Mm. Maybe it's the break. 
that he's known is is coming and the players need yeah. rest and then you can you can really hit that that three game um three game uh, span you've got really hard you know plus the FA Cup whoop, whoop. yeah you just got to think with um with Keithler out though we we are just a bit look we've spoke about what the options are but is Harris brave enough to do them with Keithler out you're just hoping Glatzel like he had a good game against Birmingham. He was anonymous against Norwich, but potentially not his fault. He's just got to hit consistency, hasn't he, in those games yeah. for us to get a result, you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Consistency is the key, you know, or one of the keys, the main keys. I think if um, if you look at our season so far, I mean, we, we, we've got on stats, we've got some good records defensively and, you know, um, what we've done this season or what we've done since Harris has been here but we've never had a period at the top where we've kind of stayed and maintained it we're, we're always chasing it yeah for me we're, we're always just behind or just off and you know just three points just six points or win the next two and we're do you know what I mean we're never saying oh we're like we've got four points here we can afford to lose a game and still be sat pretty in second position or top yeah. position, you know? So um, I think consistency is a big part of that. Well, three games coming up and let's hope next time we're talking about some wins, some goals, some yeah. happy memories at the end of uh, not the happiest year all around. So. Yeah, yeah. So going into 2020 then, you obviously got, we've got the January uh, transfer window and the FA Cup, as I just mentioned, I think uh, Forest. Um, yeah. What do you think, uh, signings-wise? I mean, we had the question last week um, on transfer window, and do you think it's a good yeah. idea that we give Harris funds? I think, I think it's, I think it's, you know, blatantly obvious. You need a right back, right? You've got to get a right back in because I don't think yeah. it's fair well, on Bakuna. When is Aussie Tutu maybe back in the, in the new year, but? You know, I think having Bakuna at right back takes him out as an option for the middle as well, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think Tutu's injured. Sorry, mate, go on. I was just going to say, and we spoke about maybe trying three at the back because we've got the centre, we've got enough centre backs to do it. But if he doesn't do it when he's only got one right back who's not a right back, when is he going to do it? You know, absolutely. Yeah, and and Tutu, I think as well when when you're when you're relying on players coming back off injury. Again, it's going to take them three or four games to get up to speed. Plus, you run the risk of re-injuring them because you're asking them yeah. to play so much football in such a short space of time with injuries. I listen. I I say if you're going to do anything, the two positions, uh, you, you know, you need strengthening regardless. It's not about a promotion push or this season. Regardless, either right back and the creative midfield positions. I really do. I think. Uh, if you were to get, you know, an eight, a box to box eight who can who can create, a six who can sit and pass, uh, and a right back who can you know defend well and get forward, you know, uh, I think you give yourself a massive chance because I, I I honestly think if if you do that we'll come stronger towards the end of the season. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping anyway. <laughs> well we did we did last season didn't we and you you just hope that like Kiefer well Kiefer should be back in January you're hoping that 
Tomlin comes back and you know the difference that Tomlin made last season when he when he started to get a chance and he became more prominent and he was back from injury you know we were meant to be having a new improved fit Lee Tomlin this season and that's gone out the window hasn't it does does that even exist yeah but that, but then that's what I'm talking about reoccurring injuries right so it's, yeah. you know and, and I, I'll be honest with you when you get there and you get over a certain age your body uh, people don't appreciate you don't, you don't I don't think I ever played a game 100% fit I could honestly say I always went into the game with something that was hurting do you know what I mean yeah I had a right knee that was bad from the age of 18 I had three quarter zone injections in it while I was at Cardiff it wasn't until Sheffield United I found out you're only supposed to have two in your career and it still <laughs> <laughs> and it still gave me pain for the rest it, of my career it probably it probably wasn't cortisone. Right. It was probably Heineken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Brandy, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it, you never go into a game, or really, I don't remember going into a game uh, fully fit. Thinking, I feel amazing. I feel a million dollars. No. Yeah. Uh, you know, you feel a million dollars. But, you know, you've got an ache and a pain, whether it's a toe yeah. or a foot or an ankle or an Achilles or a knee or a lower back or a hip or, you know what I mean, a calf or a hammy's a bit tight. Nate, or... I'm, I'm 40 next month, so I feel that. That's how I feel every morning when I wake up now. No, you're getting there, you do. <laughs> you're, start, you're starting to come into my world, starting to come into my world. <laughs> Believe me, waking up isn't a good thing. It isn't a good thing. Uh, but you're, well, you're happy that you woke up. Yeah, but it's better than the alternative, isn't it? But... <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So, listen, what can we say? We'll look to uh, start a wind down now. But um, are you uh, are you someone who looks forward to the FA Cup games? Uh... Yeah, we've had some. We'll we'll chat about this when we when we when we talk about the the Forest game. But yeah, some great memories of the FA Cup. Obviously, you being uh, central to that with the Man City game. But, you know, that was the fourth round, wasn't it? So we'll chat about, we'll keep the fourth round memories for when we get to the fourth round. Amazing yeah. third round memories, you know, Arsenal's, Chelsea's, Leeds. Some bad memories, I suppose, Bath City, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Why um, do you keep saying that? Because yeah. I played in the game, is it? <laughs> Look, rough and smooth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember Darlington, News Day. Uh, oh, I was at that game. You went to that game, did you? 4 0. We I lost 5 1. 4 1 or 5 4. Yeah. I don't even think we scored, did we? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I um, my brother in law, Matt, who who you, you have met, um, he he was 40 last week. And um, I had a little chat with my sister, and we did a little like call out for memories from his playing days. And he played he played about 170 games for Darlington and a, a lot of um Darlington fans got in touch giving memories of him and I was just saying like, look, you owe me because I came to Feetums on New Year's Day and uh uh you made a like nine or ten year old cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that journey home like, Dan? Because I mean well, the, I was, the anticipation growing own, up is great, right? Yeah. My um my old man was living in around Newcastle at the time, so we didn't have we didn't have too far to go. It was just Darlington to Newcastle, but yeah, having to go back from Darlington to Cardiff, ah, 
you've lost 4-0 or 4-1, whatever six it was hours. that day. Six hour journey. You just after yeah, you just have to get on the cans knife, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean those are the <laughs> those are the days where the players would have cans on the on the bus, like, you know. <laughs> and uh you know, I wasn't a I wasn't a big drinker and I I don't drink beer or lager, so it was it was never something that I had on the on the way home. But um I can remember that journey home, longest journey of my life. <laughs> uh been smashed. Uh, I'm sure it was four 0 by uh Dan yeah. and Ben and then uh I remember like the New Year's Eve in the hotel and like the parties going on and everything and we're in our rooms and like you can just hear people up and down the corridor and music and dancing and like you you're just thinking and then we, 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 we got up to say Happy New Year to everybody like in our little room where we did yeah. and then it's like back to bed and you're going back to bed and the place is just rocking like you know what I mean and you're like <laughs> thinking I've got to play in like you know like 10 hours like come on switch the music off and then you i think i think judging by the result that day nate you were the only one who stayed in bed i think the rest of the boys went downstairs <laughs> i think so i think no i i <laughs> i think so i think we're all probably partying in our rooms or something like that because uh yeah not a good day mate not a good day all around and uh but they were the good old days we call them that's yeah. what i say the good old days going to carlisle's and scunthorpe's and darlington's and Stuff like uh, York City away and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I remember um, Carlisle, a game when my dad was living up in the northeast, going to Carlisle away one day, one night. And um, I was only a young kid. And the copper pulled me from the line. And I was thinking, oh, what shit, what have I done here? And he just said to my old man, you're not paying that for him to get in there. Just open the gate and let me in for nothing. Okay, <laughs> must have been that face, mate. Must have been that face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably recognised you from um, Crime Watch or somewhere like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, part of, in, uh, part of Fagin's gang. That, yeah, that, that one of those time, crazy yeah. uh, soul crew. One of those crazy soul <laughs> crew uh, teenagers. Right. So I was, yeah. So let, let's let's uh, wrap up then, mate. We as we do normally. Our uh, the music playlist. You got you got you got anything for me this week? What you got? Yeah, Nath. So if you've not listened before, we've got Nath and some of our guests like Joe Ledley have uh, been giving their top five tunes. So you can find the playlist on Spotify. It's building up quite nicely now, isn't it? Yeah, mate. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, just be warned that not every tune we say we can get right, but they are. If you search for the tunes. And you want to uh, add them to your own playlist? You will, you will find them. They are out there, either on iTunes or on Spotify. But they are out there. But I had a, I had a little listen myself, mate. I had a little listen back, and I was having a little, you know, a little two step. So uh, I've got nice. a, I, I got a little, I got a little five for you. So do you want to get? Have you got a five this week? I've got a five. Yeah. So mine, About mine are inspired. Time. Let's see where this is going. Wow. <laughs> so oh, mine are inspired by watching the small act series on bbc which yes i'd recommend yes. recommend recommend so right a few tunes from the first episode were taking me back to being on away buses okay so i thought it'd be perfect for this okay. so right the first true the first tune number one is skinhead moon stomp by Seema yeah. Rip. Yeah. So, you know, that's something you might hear on an away bus. We're talking ska now, aren't we? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Then we've got Number two is Toots and the Maytals with Pressure oh, Drop. Oh, 
classic. Yeah. Then we we go a bit into um, Lovers Rock. Then so we've got Dennis Brown with Money in My Pocket. <laughs> you know whoa, 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 whoa. what you know? You weren't expecting these, were you? Hold on a minute, hold on a minute. What do you know about Lovers Rock, man? Tell me about what Lovers Rock. You used to go blues back in the day. No, I'm too you never went blues back in the day. Okay, okay. Tell us about listen, it. Come on. Oh man, listen, Lovers Rock, man. Reggae, Lovers Rock. That's. That's a, you have to be in a blues. That's a blues is for those who don't know is you know you go to a club back in the day. I go to a club in Newport and clubbing used to finish at one, and then afterwards you have like a shabin, like a blues party, uh, yeah. in a house or a shop or something like that, where you know you get a sound system or you might get a sound clash where you get two sound systems from one from Birmingham, one from London, and they they play against each other, you know, um, and it's all kind of reggae music and lovers rock man and you know pitch black and it's kind of place it's so dark right this is what would happen in the blues back in the day it's so pitch black in there that you could be stood i could be stood next to you dan for about 15 20 minutes but yeah. it takes your eyes that long to adjust <laughs> all right and you'd be like oh oh a blues that should be you know, it's where you can uh, get up close and personal. Really. So my mate, uh, Ben, who hopefully will be listening, who we used to have season tickets together. We go away everywhere together. He was a he was a reggae DJ, Ben. So okay. he's he's big into it. Um, so he'd always be playing me stuff. And so number four, you might have heard this at one of those parties. Silly Games by Janet Kay. Silly Games. Ah, I wasn't going to attempt that. No, but, man, uh, don't. I just I just messed up the whole podcast. Okay, <laughs> what can I say? I can't sing. I'm tone deaf, right? <laughs> so if you do watch the um, Small Act series, the second episode is called Lovers Rock, and the whole the whole party is singing that, and um, they're singing it much better than I would be doing. And then number five, is although you wouldn't get much singing in a sh- in a blues, no, no, it's just you, you, you get the MC <laughs> on the mic. Yeah. You get the, the background noises like do 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 do, and then you get <laughs> you might get a rewind, you might get a tube rewind, come back, come back, select the come back DJ, come back, come back, <laughs> and then you start the whole tune again. But singing, man, I ain't got time to sing. No, you know? and then so you're doing this, and then you're going to play the next day. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you just get warmed up, you stretch those shoulders, <laughs> and get those hips moving. You know what I'm saying? Man? <laughs> <laughs> so then the last one of my top five this week is by the revolutionaries and it's Kanta Kinti Dub. Okay, I think that's how you say dub it. as well, yeah, yeah. 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 Kunta Kenti. Kunta Kenti dub. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you remember Kunta Kenti, uh, the series? No. Um back in the day. Uh Roots. Nath, I'm in my thirties, where you on a pub? okay, sorry mate, sorry. I'm I'm going eighties now. Kunta Kente was like roots back in the day. It was like one of the only black ah, okay. things on back in the early eighties as American ah, okay. about slavery and what have you. But yeah, classic man. You know the guy from um you'll know now. Uh you've seen the film Coming to America, Eddie Murphy, yeah? Yeah. You know the, the Yeah, 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 of course. N- not not um James Earl Jones, the other father who McDonald's. Right, yeah. Yeah. Who owns the McDowell's? He's yeah. He was the original Kunta Kente in um, uh. in Roots in the eighties. So uh, that's how he got his big break. 
Me. Well, they're making a new coming to America but at the moment as well, by the way. Oh, uh, to America too. Some films you can't touch, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm talking like MC Hammer. Can't touch this. Don't, 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 don't worry. It'd be like trying to repeat like weird science or something like that. It's just not going to work <laughs> these days, man. It's not going to work. You need stereo and certain level of equipment. All this digital people like <laughs> flying through the air and all that nah you know, uh, Kelly LeBrock Kelly LeBrock though from Weird Science oh yeah. my days yeah. yeah different gravy mate different gravy <laughs> uh, so, so look we'll put all, all of those tunes will be on the Bit of Swaz playlist which you listen, can find on I, Spotify I, I got a little top five for you as well Ah, oh, okay, come on. Yeah, yeah, I'm doubling up. It's Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I thought, uh, well, yeah. I, I let, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll have Dan's and I thought, should I put a top five together? I thought, yeah, it's Christmas, so I thought I'd go a bit more, I'll give you a, one Christmassy kind of tune, which I love that people might not have heard of. Uh, an old classic that you'll probably heard of from back in your day on the coach, um, or a couple, and then a, they're, they're all dancey though. You can, you can dance them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, the first one's uh, Jodeci. You remember Jodeci? Yeah. Like a 90s American R&B band. And their tune is called Cherish. It's the hip-hop version. Very Christmassy. I always thought they should have released it as a Christmas tune. They never did, but Jodeci, Cherish, hip-hop version. Classic. Uh, the second one is um, Freeze with three E's. Yeah. You remember Southern Freeze? Doing the Southern Freeze. I knew you were okay. the one. Right, that's a classic. Get it on uh, that. Roberta Flack and uh, Donny Hathaway. Uh, back together again. Back together. A uh, bit of Mary J. Blige, the fourth tune, just fine. Yeah. Something you can really get down to if you can move. And um, the fifth and last one is a classic Coffee Brown after party, which I'm sure if you're having a party, even a Zoom online party, yeah, those those at least four of those you can really get down to. Uh, the Jodie C one, like I said, is a little Christmas bony for our listeners all over the world. Nice, yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully, there'll be soundtracking, as you say, some online parties this Christmas. Absolutely. So. That's a wrap, D, as we like to say, as we like to call it in the business. Just say that yeah. uh, this has been a Jams of Mr. B production in association with Orchard Productions and, of course, Move Sounds, our favourites. And uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, children, mums, dads, grandma, granddad, Merry Christmas, big Merry Christmas to you all. Have a good one. Stay safe. Big Merry Christmas to you, DT, and the family, and back the princess. Back at you, Nate. Same to you and the family. Yeah, and um, we'll be back next week with a, another episode of A Bit of Swaz. So, without further ado, I'd just like to say peace, love, and respect to everybody. Have a good one. Remember, Santa is a bluebird. <laughs>